0: Hey guys, before we dive into today's episode with Jen Gash, the amazing, brilliant, talented, inquisitive Jen Gash, I want to give a little bit of context around the interview. So I actually recorded this, believe it or not, two years ago, back in 2019, when the seed was planted for the OT lifestyle movement. This was back when... I was having thoughts around creating this thing, this movement called the OT Lifestyle Movement. And I remember very clearly reaching out to Jen and saying, hey, you know, I, I want to speak to you about OTs doing work that matters. I want to speak to you about OTs who are following their purpose and their passion. And, and I, I, I just wanted to hear her perspective on this because she is very inspirational to me. I think she is such an incredible occupational therapist and someone that I really admire in the profession. And before I had even started a Facebook page or a group or a website or even developed any community around this idea that I had, I connected with Jen And so here it is, two years later, it's now finally going to be public and available to anyone who comes across it. But I just want you to remember that my business and the OT lifestyle movement started from a thought that I had. It was from this really little seed that was planted and I decided after a year, after having spoken with Jen and after after working through all my stuff and whether or not I was going to pursue this, I decided that I would because I didn't want to leave this dream buried in the dirt. I wanted this, this seed to grow. I wanted it to circulate and the energy to spread across occupational therapists around the world So everyone can do work that matters. So everyone can be in alignment with the work that lights them up and that fuels their purpose and gets them jumping out of bed in the morning. So here it is, and I'm so glad that it is finally reaching you. So enjoy and just remember that you can do anything that you want in this world. You can make it happen. If you have a vision for it if you take action towards it then it's totally possible one occupation at a time here we go guys welcome to the ot lifestyle movement this is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently we're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle So welcome, Jen Gash. Um, you are an absolute trailblazer in the world of OT and someone who I personally really look up to. So I'm so thrilled to have you here to chat to me for the next 20 or 30 minutes or so. Um, but I'd love to rewind the clock a little bit and just get a bit of background about you and your relationship with OT and how you arrived at where you are today.
1: Yeah, not not at all. Um I, I didn't have a clue really well on what I wanted to do when I left school, so I went in and um, just tried all sorts of jobs. Went to work in London initially, and um, after my A levels, and uh, and then after a few years, I I, mean, I got married quite young at twenty, so I um, came back from honeymoon, and I was I really kind of had this sensing that I needed to do something a bit more true to myself, something a bit more meaty. Wanted to go back into education, and I um, had a year of uh, doing sort of community craft work um, projects and some youth work and all sorts landed in OT and I just completely fell in love with the philosophy um, and I, I think that a lot of OTs I know have kind of a quite a, a strong leaning towards the philosophy internally to themselves so it rung all sort of bells with me and still does and um, weirdly I'm now seeing my daughter and, and probably because she's lived to me but she started she started talking about you know people needing a purpose and people needing a structure to their day and it's quite funny so I think I've infiltrated my children's <laughs> psyche um but you know I I kind of fell into I mean we, we had a, a basic grade rotation where I lived and I, I I did that and it was really good but I kind of um it took me about five or six years to realize that actually that wasn't really real OT. It was OT in the frame of, of, of kind of the health service in England and social services, etc. So after a while, I, I kind of started to think, actually I need to learn to be a proper OT if that makes sense to put occupation at the heart of it, but also help people to find what, um, what's meaningful for them. And, um, kind of then suddenly it was babies and um <laughs> and all sorts and I fell into coaching about uh, f- it'll be about 15 years ago and co- coaching kind of really helped me understand why I loved OT um and also opened my eyes to all sorts of things we could do with our profession and um and started a whole kind of uh, new journey really with OT and 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 you know I I believe in I believe in the philosophy as much now as I ever did but I also think I've kind of got quite a new perspective on things because I've been in and out of different businesses and in and out of different environments so um, uh, in the world of work and business and you see what other people are doing with their or um, and it just it just gives you all sorts of ideas mm. so so and and it's constantly shifting and changing because people <laughs> that do my blog will know <laughs> Well, what I love about you is that
0: you're encouraging us, you know, as OTs to do work that matters and not only work that obviously contributes to a better society, but also work that fills our own cup and that's purposeful and meaningful to us because, you know, that's our job. But I think often we forget about ourselves and what's meaningful and purposeful in our own lives. Um, Can you talk about... If we can talk about an OT, for example, who is out there watching this, who knows in their heart that OT is for them, like they're staying, it's the right fit, but they just haven't found their niche. You know, they haven't mm. found the work that makes them jump out of bed in the morning. Um, mm. Or maybe their work was meaningful once, but it, it's just not bringing them joy anymore. What would you mm. say to
1: them? Well, I think it's I think it's very difficult because we, we are creatures of habit and we we get very used to things very quickly so I kind of I think often we come out of um college or, or university kind of with some quite amazing ideas but very, very quickly sucked into the world of work into the world of got to earn a certain amount of money or got to start paying pensions and and within sort of six months or a year sometimes we're kind of suddenly in this environment and I know I sort of constantly have to wake myself up and go how on earth did I end up like in this world where i have a mortgage and responsibilities because it makes you feel very kind of not stuck but um the the oomph to get out of that routine out of that place seems quite difficult so and i think often people start sort of they have these um phases or peak moments as such where they get kind of insights and ideas um prompted by all sort of things sometimes we just read a, a journal article or a magazine and kind of go oh my god that's amazing or that's what i want to do or sometimes personal circumstances pop up don't they and um us. and what I, I one of the most valuable things i think we can do is to write stuff down now in a very i, I mean i'm a big fan of journaling um you know it's journaling's been sort of shown to from a therapeutic point of view to reduce stress improve well-being um, and what have you but it also is a very natural way of sorting our head out and alongside that you can record ideas and you can record the sort of energy and um, motivation you have for a particular thing when it comes up so you don't lose it um and i think becoming very conscious of what's going on for yourself? Because I think we kind of get a bit um, hypnotized by daily life. Um, you know, suddenly the weeks turn into months and we're still doing the laundry and the shopping and um, getting the kids to school. And suddenly we're like, Oh, now I've found a partner. So now therefore I must be buying a house and I must be doing this and that. And it's, so I, I think kind of keeping consciously awake in our lives. Um, so we, don't daydream through it. Really, is one of the most important things. Saying that, I am currently learning how to sleep a little bit more and <laughs> find a little bit of internal peace, so I don't have that constant gnawing. But I think you know the gnawing is helpful. I think it kind of um, makes us not sleepwalk through life, really. And um, I, I found really when I started work that uh, in, as an OT that I. One of my priorities was not to get too institutionalised. I kind of, I stayed generally about a year and a half maximum in my early jobs. And I think the most I've been in any one job is about two and a half years because I could just find myself having a combination of being a bit bored, but also slipping into sort of the same ways as everyone else. And um, I just remember a senior too sort of saying to me, um, when I was fairly nearly qualified, oh, Jen, it'll be okay in a few years, all that enthusiasm will go and you'll be just like the rest of us. And I remember thinking, no, no, don't. (laughs) 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 So, but I I suppose I, yeah, I thrive on sort of um, tossing everything up and stirring it up a bit and seeing what lands um, and, Part of me would like to say, as I'm getting older, I'm getting a bit more settled, but I'm not entirely sure that's the case. So <laughs> journaling, write it down, evaluate things, you know, kind of, because a lot of people really crave security and it's really important to them. And I'm, and I'm not dismissing that. I, I, I think it's just actually saying, you know, is this secure, steady life more important to me than going and doing my, my thing really? Mm. And actually, can I somehow combine the two? Do I really need to throw it all up in the air and cause chaos? Or can I somehow integrate it in small ways? Um, that's the other thing as a piece of advice is, as well as the journey and capturing ideas, is to is to take small actions. You know, you don't have to kind of leave your job and go and do new training. You don't have to travel the world or whatever it is. Small actions, small experiments, um small little pilots about how you might want to work that's 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 kind of those things Mm. often result in exponentially exponentially large awarenesses and ways forward so Mm. so
0: why do you think it's so important for our profession to do things differently because i know this is something you are clearly so passionate about is not staying stagnant Mm. in a job that you just you know, it's just the daily grind and you've lost that passion and you don't feel like you're contributing as much um, as what you could potentially um, be contributing. Um, why why well, is it so important as our profession?
1: I think for many reasons. One, we, th- we um, understand the value in adaptation and flexibility and, and what have you. So I think that's intrinsic to our character, but obviously our philosophy as well. So. And and we're, I think we're naturally creative. I mean, our ability to problem solve um, and come up with new ideas um, is is such a strength. And often, you know, people will be in a service, working in a service and kind of look around and go, why on earth are we doing this, when we should be doing this, or we could be doing this, or actually there's a better way to approach this. Those things are very natural to our psyche as OTs Um, and it. And it's one of those reasons. I kind of think we, sh- you know, if we can find our ways into either working for ourselves, so we can express those natural strengths, or somehow get into positions where we can influence services um, and show how it works differently, show what we can do better for our clients, our patients, our service or communities or whatever. So those those things are really important. And I. I <laughs> My biggest bugbear at the moment is that you know our profession came from this glorious place of um meaningful occupation the arts and crafts movement pragmatism etc and we kind of dumped a lot of that really over the last sort of 50 60 years but the rest of the world's waking up to it you know i don't know what it's like where you were in the uk it's it's the power of the arts and crafts, arts for health movement, etc., is massive. Um, social prescribing is basically what we've been doing as a profession for years. And um, my kind of frustration is this, that, you know, you don't have to worry about the title not being used as such, but actually what we know somehow needs to go out to a bigger audience. And I kind of, what I get frustrated at is that, as OTs we're so bogged down with detail you know we're kind of working with massive caseloads and we're busy conforming to service criteria and you know writing billions of notes up and actually what we should be doing is going right here we are in the world the world needs this thing we should be running this service designing this service blah 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 um, so that's kind of and it's quite difficult, that's another part of being conscious every day about what we do because I think uh, certainly a lot of OTs I know, is, you know, they're just so tied down and bogged down with, with the daily grind. Our ability to work in different areas is just limitless.
0: Like we have Absolutely. no cap on the area that we can work within. So there is so much Absolutely. opportunity to be creative and um, to, to find our real niche.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the thing, it's, um, it, it's letting yourself have a little bit of time to dream and think, what could I do with this? What does the world need? What could OT do in this situation, in that situation, etc. Um, but think quite big, because I think, as I say, we've, I mean, I think there's probably a bit of kind of, you know, sort of the caring side of the profession sometimes hit sort of uh, limits us a little bit, you know, um, I think we get sometimes quite tied up in the sort of, um, what it means to care for, for somebody. And actually though, you know, traditionally women have been in caring professions and quite kept quite small. So kind of to actually go, to <laughs> no, you know, we're powerful, we're big and we can make, um, heaps of impact if we look at this differently.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Mm. So why do you think sometimes then we sit back um, into comfort and conformity of what we know and what we've been doing for the last 50 years instead of Mm. stepping out and um, acting on this vision for change that we see? Why is it so easy just to to sit back?
1: I I think we do get, I mean, you know, I... I'm at a time of life where my kids are a bloody hard work, you know. As a woman, working woman, it's bloody hard. Um, how old are your kids, Jen? God, fourteen and eighteen, and people kind of <laughs> tell you all sort of things like, "Oh, it get easier." But <laughs> It just changes basically. Um, their needs change. Um, how you you know how you need to help them, what have you? But it's you know, and also you get to sort of you know a time when also your parents start needing help and support or partner or what have you. So I think that actually I'm a firm believer in feminism, but there is, there's, there's been this kind of growth in desire to, to, to sort of, yeah, fulfill our potential as women, but actually often a lot of the other stuff that goes sort of with being women, it hasn't kind of evened out. And I, I find a lot of women that I work with are, working harder and harder than they ever have done um because they're running the house they're sorting the kids out and caring for the kids and they you know it'll be still them that takes time off if their kids are sick but also their parents yeah parents need support etc and they have this amazing career and quite frankly it's knackering you know (laughs) you know there's no way of there's no point sort of um pretending not and i think that kind of just as much as feminism has helped us, kind of a lot of the time we 're just doing like several jobs now,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and if we were to look at our own you know balance in our own life and if someone you know if we went to an o t yeah. and we were to lay it on the table what we 're doing
1: every day it 's just crazy yeah. isn't it it's massive absolutely, and I think if you couple that with kind of uh, you know the one of the ways society often keeps people um controlled is to keep them busy you know so they don't have time to think and they don't have the energy to act and I kind of feel this way a bit about climate change It's it's so difficult to make purposeful change in terms of our daily routines to halt this thing called climate change change is harder than we think um but it's even harder if you're kind of yeah knackered and busy um and I think also there is a certain lifestyle issue I mean I you know we've we've a lot a lot of OTs are quite middle class um they've got you know nice homes security etc and to change how we work sometimes feels that it will threaten that I mean if you you know you lose your income or you you are reducing your income for a certain period of time because you want to do something different and then that results in I don't know you don't go on holiday this year or for a couple of years or, you you know, you have to sell your car or you're not paying into your pension. Those things kind of scare people, you know, and it's another issue that um, stops people from changing. So I think there are all sorts of things. Um, and, and it's uncertain. And a lot of us like certainty. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I think the sort of entrepreneurial spirit does need to be... Um, not tempered that's the wrong word but you know you have to kind of really know what you're going into but also not um, not be scared that it's going to result in you know poverty or you know a lifestyle change that you don't like or that actually that lifestyle change is worth it Mm. Um, you know I know a lot of uh, OTs that are kind of going do you know what it's more important that I do this than I have that Mm -hmm. you know
0: Mm. What about from a professional point of view? I know you've done a post on this too. About, um, I mean, and, and relating it to the entrepreneurial side of it, people who are scared to venture out because it's new terrain, and you know, what the professional sort of body may think of this, or you know, how we may perceive what they think of what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Does that come yeah. into play too? I think so. I mean, we make up a lot of awful lot of stuff in our heads. I mean, <laughs> over the years, I've kind of had to kind of give myself a real talking to several times to say, "You know, actually, Jen, you've made this ridiculous idea up uh, about what they think of you, or what have you. You've completely made this up in your head." And um, a lot of can time, you talk never... us
0: through it for people who haven't? Yeah, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, just um, like
1: you know we take one comment or one you know one tweet or something and we make it such a big to do so mate, i think there was um very very early on when i was starting to coach some it was a new graduate but um had a piece published in the ot news sort of saying oh this life coaching thing you know we do that already we've been doing it for years and it and I, but i think it was said in such a way that i felt quite undermined and it just kind of it was as if the the whole professional body and everyone that read the magazine agreed with him. And of course I just blew it completely out for a portion. Um, and another time uh, someone at com- a conference sort of said, she was talking about independent OTs needing insurance. And she was saying, Oh, when there's someone around who's doing life coaching. I do hope they're insured. And I just went up to her after and said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm that like I'm, I'm that OT that's doing this. And yes, I am insured. But you know, it, it had rumbled because I'd heard her say this before. It rumbled around my head for, months and i think that what happens is that we (laughs) i think it's a i mean i see it in my daughters this feeling of not being good enough all the time we have often have this strong imposter syndrome going on um you know and as i don't know whether it's a female thing but they've you know looked at kids of six or seven and, uh, and that already the girls are kind of have this imposter syndrome building where the boys overthink, you know, think they're better than they often are and the girls are kind of, Oh no, no, you know? And I, and I think over time, these, you know, these tiny bits of evidence, they're not evidence. They're one smidgen of one person's opinion and we just blow it out and make everything about that. So overcoming that sort of feeling internally is quite Quite important um, with this journey, but also if you do come face to face with it, you know, you know, people will think differently. So it is about sort of toughening up your skin a bit. But yeah, I'm, I'm not suggesting doing anything dangerous or um, unprofessional. But you know, there are differences of opinion, and I suppose the thing with professional bodies is that they exist in a, as an entity in themselves. And they have a sort of a personality almost of themselves, but they're not reflective of the individuals in it often. They're just a sort of a expression. So yeah, that's a very weird answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I can't remember what the original question was.
0: <laughs> no, it's interesting. It's so interesting because I do think people, um, you know, who have great ideas often second guess themselves or question whether it will be accepted. Um, obviously we're very vulnerable and we put ourselves out there. We have our belief systems questioned and we have to be strong enough. And like you said, have that thick skin so Mm. we can back 110% what we're putting out into the world. And, you know, if our intentions, are, you know, obviously always meaning well, and we have something that we can offer that's going to benefit, um, society in some way, you know, I think sometimes we need to, like you said, just up level and
1: bring ourselves yeah. back up and, and to know that wobbling is normal you know i think we look around and think that everyone else is doesn't have these wobbles that everyone else doesn't have the whole kind of imposter syndrome or um that everyone else is sort of kind of on an even keel or, or doing better than us or what have you but one of the gifts of coaching lots of people over the years one of the you know is that you see into people's lives and I start seeing that actually most people have these wobbles that's normal you know most people do think they're not good enough um some some groups of society more than others but actually it's it's normal to to doubt yourself a bit but actually what is what you do with it at that point um
0: Mm, absolutely um how can we overcome these feelings then? What what sort of mindset do entrepreneurs or people who are doing things differently, what kind of mindset do they need to I have?
1: think I was about to swear, but I think there's a more kind of effort approach is probably required, um, you know, rather than um, trying to perfect things and trying to make ourselves feel secure by tying everything up too tightly, you know, Um one of the biggest questions I get from people starting out doing things differently is about note keeping and systems and da 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 da, and you know that's coming from the old paradigm of where we are, where we work and the fear paradigm and a litigation kind of mindset. And a lot of the time I say you don't need to um, produce a, you know what you, what you potentially end up doing is producing a mirror of what you're trying to escape by kind of doing things the same way so you know a bit more of an effort um, approach I think is definitely required. I think try and, and seeing through other people's um, and at this for again other people's BS because I, I you know I've been to lots of um, networking things over the years things with business people blah 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 and you know what they're just people they're not a lot of the time they come across as being very confident and what have you but do you know what it's a lot of time it's just a facade um and the thing is if someone believes that they're better than you it comes across you know they kind of hold themselves differently they talk more confidently um so somehow we have to get that bit inside which goes you know that's a load of bullshit i'm you know internally i'm all right um i can see through their rubbish and once i start trusting in myself trusting in what i say trust in my abilities to carry this thing out or do this thing and and yeah you know, I it's not it's not always like that forever. You'll have bad days where you wake up and you just feel rubbish about everything, or you know, it's not a permanent state. But I think the more we practice that state, the you know, the easier it becomes to maintain it. So,
0: mm. and I totally agree. Um, and I think it's a lot harder with social media these days because people can obviously portray the best side of them, which is great. You know, I don't mind the highlight reel because. You know, I don't think everyone needs to show the downsides of their life either. But, yeah, like you said, you can get this perception of people and you try and live up to that. And you're like, oh, but, you know, behind the scenes, everything's hectic and chaotic. But, you know, that's sometimes what it takes, you know. It's just this climb.
1: Yeah, I would think you, you need to be very aware of what you're putting into your perceptual filter um and if you're putting in all the time that everyone else is better than you that everyone else is sorted that everyone else yeah facebook everyone else has got these nice holidays you know and champagne by the hot tub and all this rubbish you know if you're putting that as your filter then actually everything you do won't be good enough
0: Mm.
1: yeah so um i'm yeah i'm I'm a fan of social media but you do have to kind of go actually what this isn't showing is x y and z
0: absolutely now In one of your posts, this is probably my favourite post. um, So for everyone too, Jen is over at otcoach.com. Is it? otcoach.com. Yep. Um, And she has a post about the cowboys of OT. And I just wanted you to touch on this and just what does it mean to be a cowboy of OT and what does it mean to you?
1: Well, I have to kind of give the heads up to a lovely man called Bob Garvey who's a coach coach. who's just retired. He was at Sheffield or something. Anyway, he wrote the Cowboys of coaching and I kind of looked at what he was saying and actually it resonated strongly with where we are in OT Of a lot of the time. Um, Cause we, we use it as a, um, a, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, in, not insult. Yeah. Insult sometimes calling people a cowboy. So, you know, cowboy builder or what have you. Um, so the world cowboy isn't sort of synonymous with with good stuff, but actually, if you unpick what cowboys are about, um, there's lots of great stuff there, and we need cowboys to break into new frontiers. Basically, you know they, um, you know, when the world was first expanding, the cowboys would would push the boundaries and they would be at the forefront of that, and they would be necessarily doing things differently because they were coming across all sorts of challenges that we had no answers for before um so i'm i'm quite fond of that but also you know cowboys look after their stuff you know they're in charge of animals they're doing the caring function they're you know they're like raising a massive family almost as well so i think we've got a lot to learn from cowboys but i think we need to look at this question of the frontiers um and we need people in OT to be at the frontiers pushing those unknown areas and yeah as I say it's scary but if we don't we we're going to just stay within our um our known existence and I do think that there's a danger of being marginalized as you know when you look at when OT first started you had we had quite a lot of things included in it we had like the music side, the gardening side, etc., cetera, um, and the arts and crafts. Now, you know, in, in the UK especially, we you know, music therapy came out and there's a particular therapy. Art therapy is its own profession now, as is, the, you know, the arts and health movement is out. And horticultural therapy is a whole thing. And, and because those bits are coming out, what we're left with in the middle <laughs> sometimes feels a bit watered down. Um, and if we don't sort of one sort of reclaim our identity but two kind of as these areas are kind of expanding out kind of go yeah we have a place there and we have a place there and actually there's this place here which we haven't explored but i think we could have and for me a lot of it is in the area of of environmental stuff um you know there's potentially going to be a lot of people displaced over the next however long. Um, and a great need for them to find purposeful occupation, um, homes, adapt, massively adapt. But also we need people to adapt now to prevent climate change from getting worse. We need them to look at their daily routines, their Mm. daily occupations and go, actually, I need to do this differently. I need to stop jumping in the car four times a day to go and do the shopping, go and take the kids here to go and do this I need to change how I do things, um, and helping people adapt their routines and habits is what we're good at. Mm. Yeah. So somehow, I kind of feel the world needs occupational therapists to help people change, basically. Yeah, because people don't know how to change. That's all...
0: change is yeah. scary. You know, change is challenging. It's the unknown. Yeah. yeah, it's stepping out of that comfort zone, even if it's those daily, you know, habits and routines.
1: It's it's different. It is, and and the thing is, I suppose, is that it's whether we can help people change before or sort of while things aren't that desperate. You know, I sort of said this to my mum years and years. um have this conversation. Actually, the prompts to change from a sort of environmental point of view and not quite there yet certainly where we are here but somehow people need to um start thinking in that way so yeah change is difficult <laughs> mm, mm. i find it difficult yeah everyone de-
0: de- depends how again deeply ingrained those habits and routines are you know we do things so habitually these days you know and and because life is so fast-paced and it's just You know, so so many more stresses these days. We do that just so we can stay on track and get things done and we can get to the end of the day and then we do it all
1: over again. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of it is feeling in control and, you know, I think that letting go of control or being okay with the fact that we can't control everything is essential because Mm. um, we can't perfect things. We can't keep our life in these little boxes. Um, You know, life isn't like that messy.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. So, I've got one last question for you, and I don't want to put you under any pressure to answer this question. <laughs> but um for all the OTs who are sitting on the fence about whether to pursue something that makes them step out of their comfort zone and break through traditional barriers to create real positive change in the world or not. Mm. If you were the last person that they were going to speak to before they gave up on the possibilities of dreaming big, Mm-hmm. what would you
1: say to them um what will i feel if i get to 80 and i haven't done this 80 90 or whatever and i haven't done this how will i feel and actually if they feel that you know they get to 80 90 and it's okay then then that's okay you know but if you feel that you're going to get to 80 or 90 and go oh shit you know well yeah i wish i'd done that thing then you know that you have to do it because there's nothing worse than regret and people generally regret the things they don't do rather than the things they do.
0: I love that. And it just reminded me of a quote actually that I've heard and it was something along the lines of how on earth would be meeting the person I could have been. Mm. Um, and, you know, like if you met that person and they did exactly what you had dreamt of and you envisaged and, and they're living that and that was your dream, you know, yeah. I I would feel so empty because I would have been thinking, well, this I could have done that and I could have made that change and
1: yeah, absolutely. And what on earth was I doing instead? And I think that's the bit about fi- be remaining conscious and awake because actually, if you know that you're not, you know, that you're choosing to do things that aren't moving you towards that per- being that person you want to be, then you know you just have to kind of go okay i need to start doing things differently i need to wake up in the morning and take a step even however small it is and i say to people if you're scared make the step smaller make the step smaller um but just keep making those steps
0: yeah because small steps lead to significant change and day after day it compounds um yeah absolutely couldn't agree more love it thank you so much jen i really loved soaking up all your wisdom and
1: insight it's been such a pleasure chatting to you oh no it's lovely to be able to talk to you today Rhiannon. thank you so much for inviting me and thank you for listening all lovely devotees out there
0: (laughs) thanks jen that's it guys i hope this episode resonated with you but more importantly i hope that it inspires you to take action If you haven't already, come over and join our Facebook group family where we connect and collaborate. You can find us really easy just by searching The OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you did love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or on Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, like-minded, open-minded OTs. The more we share The OT Lifestyle Movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. That's it. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world because the world is ready for you. Carpe DM, guys.